I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. It's a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I'm a philosophy teacher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. Boss man. Hey. Well, you're talking about the heart today. Hooray. We made it to the heart. <laughs> to the heart. <laughs> Apparently important. I guess. I actually, say. I grabbed a, a book that's my quotation book, and uh, I was really surprised, as opposed to the mind or the body, mm-hmm. nearly half of the quotes in my quotation book were about the heart being the center of yourself or the place you connect with God. Huh. And it's uh, and that, that just struck me. When thinking about our own heart, or perhaps when the great literature thinks about the human person, this is central to one's goodness, sense of self, and and their connection with you know ultimate reality. Sure, I believe it's Proverbs says, "Guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the spring of life." There is something about your heart in which life is springing. If you have a dark heart, bad things spring, and if you have a good heart, it's all rock music. Sure. Makes sense. I mean, our our bodies are about like energy, intuition, and and activity and engaging with the physical world. Mm-hmm. So that it's basically like animals, and mind is just about like processing data. So it's basically a computer, but heart the heart is the place that like connection and and emotional relationship to stuff and people and and places and. Yeah, makes sense. Boom. Heart's the place where it all comes together. My favorite philosopher is one Blaise Pascal. He says the heart has its reasons, which reason knows nothing of. Yeah. And we know what that means. Yeah. It may be the case that you don't agree with it or that you don't trust your heart or other people's (laughs) hearts when they say, this is what my heart is saying. But you do know that that's true. Yeah. And that's where we're going to go today. We're going to talk about the emotional life of each of the types. Uh, So this is Around the Circle. We pick a topic and go around the circle. And today we're talking about the emotional life of the types, how they connect with the world and others through their emotional core. We brought up affect groups last time Mm -hmm. and how they overlapped with coping style. I want to bring in affect groups again because it seems to me, just as I look through my lists... Here's what the Enneagram map says. The list uh, of affect groups just routinely pops for me in terms of the life of the heart. Each of the types is connecting to the world. How are they doing that? It feels very emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, And even for the non-emotional, quote-unquote, types, you'll still see desire, motive, the life of your inner life, your your heart life, kind of coming out in, in your type in those places. So I was going to bring up some 
some of that as we're, we're talking about the heart. In order to get into this, you want to jump in with the fives? Great. I love it. If you want to know why we're starting with the fives, listen to the last two podcasts on mind and body and look for the, the pattern. There you go. I was going to... I was going to try and describe why we're doing this, but then it got really <laughs> complex in my head, and I was like, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. The short answer is that we're going to end with the heart center. Gosh. My... <laughs> <laughs> Bang. Enneagram Ninja, my friends. So, speaking about fives, you want to talk about uh, fives and their emotional life? Yeah. Great. So uh, just like a quick precursor, uh, in case you haven't listened to any of the other stuff and you know, don't know anything about intelligence centers. So we're talking about intelligence centers as a sort of general overtopic. And uh, this is there's three intelligence centers w- that we use to take in and process the world around us. And uh, five, sixes, and sevens are all in the head center. So there's... Their, their sort of central way of taking in information is through their head. But we all have head, heart, and body. And so they obviously have some kind of interaction with their heart. Now, fives are in the head center, but they're next to the heart center. So they have a lot of thoughts about themselves, their feelings, and the way that, that they're connected to the world. But fives are actually the ones that are the type that are most likely to be purely objective. They are very interested in the raw data. They're very good at observing the world, at at categorizing information, and sort of bringing that to the table. Like, here is the information as it is, with no emotional connection to it, and... Like I said, they're, they're most likely to be objective, to, to not be connected to the outcome of the information. And this is sort of in hand with the fact that they are a little bit out of touch with their actual feelings because they're much more interested in the information. So they want to categorize their feelings. They want to process them in the same way that they process other information. So they try to divorce the feeling part from it from just the the facts of their emotions. Perfect. Everyone has affections, and how those expe- affections are expressed are often in the emotional center of people. All the types want to connect with others, yeah? Right, of course. What's interesting about fives alongside twos and eights is when entering relationships, and often our emotional life, by our emotional life, that's more what I mean. It's Mm -hmm. the relational life, the the heart life, that I want to connect with people with my inner self. Twos, fives, and eights, as we said, last time with the mind, are going to expect rejection in their relationships. Fives connect in the way that TJ was saying. I'm going to offer you this very valuable thing, this thing that I'm so attracted to, this thing that that really gets my blood flowing, and it is what I see, perceive. It's the data that is, is most meaningful here. It's what I have to offer so that I can connect with others. Isn't that, isn't that correct in terms of like how? a five is emotionally connecting is actually with this kind of offering. Right. 
Right. The, uh, like I said, they, they're, they're more interested in processing and categorizing the information, and, and that's, that's what sort of gets them going. So that's what they bring to the table. My favorite podcast that we've ever done was our one on affect groups. This is about two years ago, and we started it off by saying, why does each of the types get rid of a car? Because hmm. I think it's a, a clue into why we break off relationships as well. Yeah. The same reason that each of the types get rid of a car or sell a house or quit a job are often the same reasons that they step out of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And we've said this in the past. This isn't about, you know, if it's an unhealthy relationship, it's if it has abuse or, or whatever, that's different. Right. But if it's just the, the case that the relationship's just kind of ending, oftentimes this is coming out of our hearts, out of our emotional center. And when talking about fives uh, and why they get rid of their car, you said that... Uh, Fives find that their car is not the most practical, functional, value-specific way to get from here to there. This is the least emotional of all the answers about cars, yep. so it may be a very strange way to start. <laughs> Objective data. However, I can see it being the case that a five is trying to connect to others. I'm bringing data. I'm bringing observation. I'm bringing what, what I have to the table, and the connection isn't there anymore. And then what ends up happening for the five is they start dressing up the relationship in a certain way. It's not really functional anymore. Mm-hmm. It's kind of taking up too much of my resources. Right. That might be money, but I bet you it's much more about energy. Energy and time. I, I keep bringing what I have to the table and it's just not being received. True. And it just feels like it is being, it's pulling, you know, it's giving too much and therefore I start to withdraw. Yeah. Would that characterize in terms of the emotional life and how a five connects to others. Is that a good way of picturing that? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's easy to sort of impose our own for, for the, for other types who are slightly more emotionally attached to these things. I think it's easy for us to, to see fives through our own lens and assume that there is more, of an emotional attachment than there is. But I think it's also really easy to like, once we know someone well as a five, it's, it's really easy to dismiss their lack of expression for the same, like it's, it's, it's the other side of the coin. Like we assume with, we assume about fives that we don't know really, really well that they are emotionally attached to things in the same way that I do, that, that we are. Mm. And on the other side of the coin, it's really f- easy for us to assume that their lack of expression represents a lack of emotional attachment when they're actually just processing it in a very, very different way. Yeah. I have an experience with my youngest, who's a five, where they will come to the table with emotion mm-hmm. and with passion about being slighted or having something go wrong. Yeah. And, and there's actually a processing of their observations. And there's a point in our conversation that becomes common where they absolutely shift. Sure. And you see, you see them decide this is no longer worthy of any emotion. Mm. And they just cut 
they just cut the conversation. Yeah. And it becomes, yep, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that also, like, that is, oftentimes that'll be an intentional decision, but it'll also be representative of the fact that they have spent their allotted amount of emotional energy. Mm-hmm. And once it's spent, it's gone until it resets, which is probably tomorrow. In our affect uh, podcast, we talked about twos, fives, and eights often reaching a breaking point. And this mm-hmm. was a phrase that we kept coming back to with all three of the what's often called the relationist triad, uh, two, fives, and eights. When the relationship isn't going well, they've reached a breaking point emotionally or intellectually or resources right. or about control. Or, I want to say that that is felt in the heart mm-hmm. for the five. It may not come across that way. It may sure. not even be articulated that way. It might be articulated as, you know, this relationship isn't fulfilling its function. It's mm-hmm. Well, it's also part of their, so they're, they're expecting a certain level of rejection because mm-hmm. their needs are going to be too much for other people to handle. Mm-hmm. And, and when you, when they bring that forward, which is at a tremendous cost to them because they yes. like bringing that emotionality forward is not only vulnerable, but it's, it's also spending a precious resource. And so when a, that when that energy runs out and B, if that energy is not received in a way that edifies them, then that that bucket is empty, but also they are experiencing the rejection that they expected. Yes. This was the thing going through this list that I really wanted to high, highlight. That's about the, the, how the relationship disintegrates or ends. Sure. And oftentimes when we're talking on our podcast, we're addressing each of the types who are listening and saying, you're a one, this is probably what's going on in your heart and mind. Every time I looked at this, I kept thinking our listeners are going to be in relationship with these other types and mm-hmm. they need to know the hearts of their other types. Yeah. And, and we obviously have said extensively that you shouldn't type other people. You should do the hard work of trying to, to, to get answers from others, get, get them engaged in Enneagram so that you can have these kinds of conversations. But this is the point that's been most meaningful to me in the recent two months of understanding specifically my two kids and being able to connect to them. And I know a lot of folks who listen to us really want us to talk about parenting. And this seemed a, a worthy place to put it. One of the things that hit me with my five child my five child is coming to the world and offering, expecting rejection. That is in their heart. Mm-hmm. And they are coming and saying, what I have to offer you, dad, is the insights that I have to the world around me. Right. I'm a professional philosopher. I have 30 years of experience on my child. I clearly know vastly more than them in my own head. And every time that I override what they say, when they, they come with something informative, some mm-hmm. piece of wisdom or knowledge or insight. And I go, oh yeah, and, and did you know this as well? That because that's my way. Right. What I'm actually doing is undermining the way the fundamental way that they connect with the world. Hmm. And one of the things that I've been trying to discipline myself on this 
recently with my youngest, who's a five, is to push into what are the things that you have to offer observationally about topics X, Y, and Z. And when I scratch that itch for them, they come alive. Sure. And as opposed to that relationship being something that's sucking energy from them and they're just going to withdraw, now it's actually an, it's a funnel. It's an avenue. It's a here is the road for, for them to get into and engage the relationship in their sweet spot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have thoughts on that, but that's been real helpful for me. It's almost like a um, instead of saying, yes, I knew that already and here's something else, but more like a tell me more about that in this way. And that's, a, yeah, and that's exactly uh, right. And, it, what, and do, it, what do you see it, here? Yeah, it's an invitation for them to share more. Yep. Whereas the other can be, could potentially be perceived as a, as a correction. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's a good way to put that. And that, I think that has like, this is a, this is a great example that, that points us to a lot of the way that, that fives will, will share. Like this is the way that fives share and engage information in the world. Like so many fives are often seen as sort of aloof Mm-hmm. And this is part of this is part of it. They they aren't interested in sharing that much of themselves because they're protecting their resources. Yeah. So when they do share, it's really important that you receive in ways that that gives importance to what they are willing to share. Yeah. Because this is their their heart coming out. Exactly right. I don't know if this is a tag that I need to say for each of the numbers, but certainly it needs to be said at some point. One of the things that's most important if you're a five or any of the numbers as we get talk through them is to name this thing with the people in your life who love you, who want to connect with you, mm. to say, when I do this, this is how I'm connecting to you. Yeah. This is how I'm connecting to the world. This is, this is the place that my emotional life, my, my center awakens and comes alive. Yeah. And so for the five, when I'm in relationship with you, this is how I'm showing you that I love you. There's a, there's a Garfield cartoon where he brings in a dead mouse Mm -hmm. and he lays it in front of John and John goes, Oh, it's a mouse. And Garfield grabs his face and slams it against the table. And he says, this is how I'm telling you that I care about you and the family. And you know, he just goes off like that. But that's, there's something to, to like understanding what, um, it may be the case that, you, you know, you already know these fun facts and yet this is again, how the five is engaging you right. and being open to that. That's very valuable. Right. I think we've probably talked about this before just as a, to put a bit on this, but the, my best conversations always, always, always with my youngest is we get in the car, we are on a road trip. We're two hours in and then they start talking right. and they just don't stop. <laughs> and, and it's a place of real connection for us. Yeah. And that's a good thing. Anyway, and opening up those opportunities is the way that I, as a parent, can really build into their emotional bank account. Right. Bang. Sixes. You want to talk about sixes in their emotional life? Yeah, so sixes, we move to the center of that head triad. And sixes take in the world through their head, but they don't engage the world through their head. So they 
uh, have equal, like when they come to the world, they have equal access to heart and body, which means they're going to take in a lot of information and then sort of act on their feelings about that information but they aren't really processing the information in a good way. They like, it turns into fear and anxiety and, and like doing all of the things to, to make sure that I'm safe according to this, these systems. So their connection to their heart center, the way that they sort of in engage emotionality and sentimentality and relationships is comes in about that that protection and security piece. So they want to find emotional connection, emotional relationships with with things and people that will offer them the kind of security and protection that they're looking for. Sixes are part of the pragmatist triad alongside threes and nines. So mm-hmm. these are magnets. These are types that attach. Right to get their primary need and their primary need for sixes, fives and sevens is security. So sixes attach to relationships that make them feel secure. Right. When buying a car, no, I'm sorry. When selling a car, (laughs) when getting rid of a car, you said that sixes get rid of a car when it's no longer the safest option. Right. Seems pretty straightforward. Yeah. But that's also how relationships can work. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And when you are not a safe place for a six to be around anymore, they'll, they'll adios. Yep. I imagine that has to do with job environments, mm-hmm. romantic relationships. Right. Um, if a six is living in a home that doesn't feel safe and they're young, they're going to be hanging out at their friend's house a, a lot more, perhaps. Right. Well, and also remember that that sixes don't process information correctly, like not correctly. Sixes don't process information productively. So they will take in the unsafeness of their environment, but they may the the way that they emotionally express their attachment or detachment from that will be a little complicated and and um so if they don't feel safe at work it then becomes an emotional attachment to why they're not feeling safe it, it becomes this the emotional expression of their unsafeness comes out right and and it's it's not a thing that they can just up and leave because that would be productive thinking. You're unsafe here, therefore leave. Mm-hmm. The, um, the emotional attachment to whatever is that environment, coupled with the strong drive to make sure that they're doing, they're following the rules, because that is part of what keeps them safe, is that they follow the rules, that they, that they are in line with this system, that that means that their their emotional handling of that that unsafeness begins to feed the unproductive thinking mm-hmm. and and until you get into a place of action of, of being able to say this is decidedly what I'm going to do I'm going to step out of this environment then it becomes this like weird feedback loop of emotional unsafeness 
coupled with unproductive thinking and those two things just feeding each other. A big thing I've been learning about the sixes in my life in terms of the investment into their heart Mm. has been, it's not just creating the safe environment in terms of what I perceive, which is much more physical in orientation. The emotional safety is what I'm hearing more and more from sixes. And for example, one six in my life described feeling safe through somebody else validating her emotions, validating her fears, mm. like under saying, not necessarily saying, I understand this is, this might be dangerous. Because well, it's not, it's not providing safety. It's, it's okay for you to feel unsafe in that space. Yes. It, it is reasonable for you to be questioning your safety in, in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. Is there alongside that, like, I, I understand I'm meeting you in, in that place of fear and saying, I'm going to be with you in that space. Yeah. The relational component seems to me, am I wrong here, that the six is seeking to earn that in large measure. That's why they're following the rules or seeking those relationships is they want to find safety in the midst of the tribe. Right. And so when the tribe says back or the, the person in the six's life says back, I'm not going anywhere. I'm with you in that space. I am, I'm hearing and think, and think the thing that you're feeling anxious about is worthwhile and let's, let's journey together in that. And the thing that you are afraid of isn't going to cause me to abandon you. Yeah. It's not about saying that thing you're afraid of isn't going to get you, so stop being so scared. That's not the investment. Right. It's... I'm not going anywhere, so let's deal with this fear together. Yes. Yeah. That's both a validating and it's bringing in the relational component. And it's pushing into the affect because mm-hmm. what they, what sixes, the ways that sixes connect with the world is by attaching to sources of safety and security. Right. And this, this also, like, unfortunately, this also is a, is a significant place where sixes can be taken advantage of. Truth, because if you if you offer that with the motive of keeping a, a six under your thumb, they might take it. Yes, uh, because what they're looking for is that attachment for for that that fear to be validated in a way that that gives them the opportunity to trust you a little bit more, mm-hmm. and and people can take advantage of that really easily. My second favorite of our podcasts would be the very first episode we did on Star Wars in which we spent the entire time talking about a character in which they experience (laughs) a very wicked person in their life taking advantage of them. Yep, exactly. So do listen to to our deep dive into Darth Vader, Um, (laughs) who who you think is the person taking advantage, and he's actually the one being taken advantage of, and it's very interesting. Yep. Uh, Anything else on sixes connecting to... uh, the sixes in our lives, especially what do what do sixes need to tell the people in their lives about how they connect to the world and what they need? I mean, you got a six in your life. What does she say that she needs right. from you? Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> it, it is that it's it's. I need to know that it's okay to have these fears, even when they are things that I shouldn't be afraid of, and and most importantly, that you're not going to leave me because of them. Like they Ooh. sixes attach 
to the things that work and and they're they're looking for security and and they're looking they're looking for a safe and secure environment and when when those fears and those doubts overtake them it's hard to feel safe and and especially it's hard to feel like it's okay to share that because they like then it becomes a thing that that will push the other person away yeah that that is a doom loop for sure yeah i'm anxious and i'm more anxious that you might leave me because of my anxiety and that makes me even more anxious right right (laughs) but if you love a six and you're stepping in and cutting the loop right we can take care of this right now and just break this cycle right i'm not going anywhere right no matter how you know how uh, it's it's reasonable and in fact often good for you to sense and be aware of things that might be obstacles impediments um dangers for you and i and our family and our friend group and all the rest right i don't know if they need to hear your presence matters in the same way as nines do but your voice in those spaces matters Mm -hmm. and is honored here yeah and is not judged yeah yeah bang Let's talk about sevens. You want to talk about sevens and their emotional life? So sevens bring us to the end of the head triad and into the feeling repressed stance. (laughs) So sevens are, like I said, in that head triad, they take in all the information and and process it through their, their mind center, but they're next to the action center. So they're, making a plan for the things that they're going to do. And they're sort of separated from their heart space. So this means that not only are they out of touch with the totality of their feelings and, and the way that they're connected to the world, but they're also out of touch with the way that their behavior affects other people and the sort of emotional uh, processing of of the world around them, it's just sort of, it, it's a little bit stunted. So sevens are, are looking to make sure that they don't get stuck, to, to have enjoyable experiences and to bring other people along. Like they want everyone in their lives and around them to have enjoyable experiences as well. Like everything should be, life is fun and full and big and it should be enjoyed. And, and we shouldn't have to stay in the dark places. And that means that they are out of touch with what good can be found in the dark places. Mm-hmm. This may be a footnote, but I'd love your comment on it because I hear this from sevens who are self-aware of their number, mm-hmm. that they also don't want to be used to be the jumping monkey that makes everybody else smile. Oh yeah, that's actually something that is a huge, you know, taker right from them. Well, I I think that I I've heard that from a lot of sevens as well, and I think that has to do with the the being stuck. They they oh sure they want <laughs> to be free to to live their lives to enjoy their lives, and if they're on your tether, being your dancing monkey, then they're not yeah. free. That that's a good way to put that. Yeah. And and you're also reducing them to, to to being an entertainment for you. 
I suppose that's, uh, I was hearing it as this thing that it's not a contradiction, but it's, I want to be adventurous, but I don't want everyone to think I'm the one who's always responsible for making everything adventurous. But I think that's exactly right. It comes out of motive. That's about being stuck. They don't want the responsibility of making sure uh, of doing the, the thing for everyone else. There it is. Yeah. Um, sevens alongside ones and fours are idealists. We've called the, these types kites because they are taking us someplace. Here's the high ideal. And for sevens, it's, has, it's a very physical, adventurous, we're going places kind of posture towards relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's life to be had, depths to be plumbed, and and adventures to go on. And that doesn't necessarily mean like camping and hiking and climbing mountains and, and, and traveling. Like it does mean those things, but it also means uh, enjoying our lives. Mm-hmm. So just doing activities that are enjoyable and, and eating good food and watching sunsets and, and being spontaneous, like, like, the ways that people enjoy life are many and varied and and big and small and and sevens want to enjoy all of it. When talking about getting rid of cars, you said that sevens get rid of a car that's not offering the opportunity to do what's desired. Right. The stuckedness of the broken car. Yeah. Broken is unacceptable. Cars are the worst thing ever. <laughs> get rid of it. And that moves into relationships, that it would be very hard for a seven to stick uh, emotionally in a relationship that feels as though we're not going anywhere. Right. Or or even if you are, if, if someone is in any way holding a seven back, mm-hmm. or and, and like if, if someone or a thing or a place or if, if, a seven is being held back. This is one of the places where they really struggle with connecting in a healthy way. And it is all comes back to that not wanting to be stuck. Talk about connecting in a healthy way there. Like if, uh, is it that the person who loves the seven needs to meet them on their terms? Or, I mean, I suppose all of us need to be met in some ways in our affect. Right. You need, to, you need to know who I am, and the seven it needs to perhaps rightly say, this is how I connect to the world and with you. I want to be part of the invigorating adventure before me, and I would love for you to come along. I think it is. It, uh, all of that is true, and I, I think there's also a way that we, like we, we simultaneously want sevens to be our dancing monkey and also relate to us on our terms. So like, Mm -hmm. I I remember hearing an interview with a seven, uh, maybe not with, but at least about a seven once where the person talking about their relationship with a seven, they had to come to terms with the reality that the seven in their life didn't answer the phone all the time or respond Mm -hmm. to text messages all the time. Mm -hmm. And the assumption there from the person in relationship with the seven is that the seven doesn't care. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that the seven is 
invested enough in that relationship that they want to give appropriate energy and they're too busy with this other thing, they they essentially don't want to half-ass a phone call. Right. So they don't answer and they'll call them back later. But realistically, then they forget and and a few weeks go by and like right. so so there is there is a certain amount of like meeting a seven on their terms in that way but also sevens needing to recognize that they have to set up like ground rules like boundaries of saying this is something about me and i need you to not take it personally yeah yeah, that's a good way to put that. Is it is it that the seven wants to drink deeply of the relationship and is really wants to carve out that space when when best? Yeah, yeah. and and to to give full energy to it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because because sevens are all in, yeah, to the thing that they're doing. They're all in until they're not anymore. Right. What's the investment then look like into the lives of sevens in our lives? I think it's, I mean, it has to do with like providing space for sevens to, to sort of be in and out, but also like giving them opportunity to be real with us Mm -hmm. without being stuck in those moments. So like sevens, I think I think sevens, like when they have significant moments of grief or depressive episodes or something that they have to go through that actually forces them to put energy into the the sort of darker places that they are trying to avoid, they they typically come out the other side much more able to handle it the next time. Mm. But it's still a case that they don't like that feeling of being stuck in that place. And so they're going to oftentimes sort of flit in and out of it. And, and we need to provide space for that to happen with them and, and still be there when they come back to it. Yeah, that's a good word. And, and let them know that, that it's okay for them to be sad in our presence like this is one of the places where the dancing monkey thing gets really problematic. It's because if you want that person to be an entertainer all the time, then it's in their mind it's not okay for them to not be the entertainer. Yeah. And and you need to provide space for that person to not be that in your life. Was seven need to tell the people in their lives that they need? I think this is a place where like sevens need to invest in their own personal depth and carve out safe spaces for that. They, I don't think that sevens will be able to be like that with everyone in their lives. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that like that depth will be reserved for a, a much smaller pool of relationships. Yeah. But I think sevens need to to find those people where they feel safe and say, this is, I need to be able to be real with you. Mm-hmm. And I, I also need you to help me figure out what that means. 
That last part I think is is correct in terms of if you're just talking about like the depth of your relationships, the seven saying to some people, not to everybody, but there's a handful of folks that are going to help you get your life in order, right? Give you a little bit more grounding and mm-hmm. into those folks. Just tell them how important you are, and then you might be here for only five minutes talking about these heavy things, but that it's really really important to you, and you're real grateful, right? That's always the thing that like it seems like the sevens in my life that. I have that relationship with it always goes too fast for me. Cause it's like, Oh, we were, we were just at the spot, but right. now you need, what, what, what do you gotta do? <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was enough for them. And that, that's it. Yeah. That was enough for them. And I don't know that. Right. Communicating that, that was one of the things I got so much out of Joel's time with us. Uh, if for those of you who are interested, we did a deep dive into the Joker as a villain, and you will think that that's maybe not for you, but there was so much rich introspection from a seven who really mm-hmm. sat down and really processed here's how things work for me, right? I, I found real valuable, yeah. And the seven who's an introvert, yeah. So. Mm. Uh, eights. You want to talk about the emotional life of eights? What emotional life of eights? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, eights move us into the body triad. So, uh, eights primary way of taking in information, and interacting with the world starts in their body. This is intuition, it's energy, it's power and control and, and action. They're, they're heavily action based and they are next to that head center with the five, six, and sevens. So eights act on their thoughts. They make a plan and they start going for it. And they're they're farthest away from that heart center. And and much like sevens, they don't have a full grasp on their own emotional life and and the things that are going on inside of their heart. And they especially don't understand how their behavior affects other people. A lot of their connections, while while real and true, uh, are sort of rooted in what they are doing together. Like what what actions are we committing and accomplishing together? This is how I build relationships. Mm. Like fives, eights are going to expect rejection in their relationships. Mm-hmm. It's again the case. Like fives, they want to offer something in in order to connect. Right. And what they want to offer is is strength and power and and justice. And they, justice. They, they, there are people who need to be protected, and and there are ways that the world needs to be that the the balance of power in the world is incorrect. And yeah, I have the strength and the will to help fix that. Elevate fairness. Yeah, I was exhausted today. Went downstairs. Uh, I have a fantastic s- subscription to PBS. Uh, <laughs> when I when I just want to rest, I watch these historic documentaries. I was watching the one on Lyndon Baines Johnson, and he is willing to. He's a Southern white male who burns down his party for equal rights in mm-hmm. the in the mid '60s. Sure, and he thinks that's his place in history. Thinks this is this is where he's going to leave a mark. Inserts all of his energy and strength into that space. It's real interesting sure. um, in terms of, but he, uh, it's never spoken of like as a divine calling. 
it's much more of a I see inequality and this is the moral he he he's described it as this is the moral thing this is the just thing mm-hmm. to do and that was 100% where he found his his grounding right in uh in the work that he did for civil rights it struck me as an eight yeah <laughs> very yeah. physical dude yeah um but uh he has strength to offer and that's how he connects with the world yeah again to talk about my my kids here and just in terms of what things I'm learning as a parent is my uh, my oldest is an eight, which who, who I talk about all the time. The smallest person in our family, sure, will blow down the street with a with a stiff gust of wind, but wants to step into spaces to offer the strength and protection that they can give and gift. Right, and this has become a big thing for us. Is like, what? Where are the places that my kid really brings power? into into our space their mm-hmm. power their mm-hmm. strength exude you know exude their strength into 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 our dealings and this is a challenge for us but finding those uh, recently we found it's when we separate them from the rest of the family and do a lot of one-on-one stuff mm, sure and it becomes uh will you protect so and so when you go to the store mm-hmm. will you look out for the dog in these ways, will you, you know, and invitations to show that they're strong, sure. allow them to connect to us in a very clean, tangible, fulfilling way. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, that's a great example of like, it's easy to sort of caricaturize what we're talking about with eights, like, like strength and power and, and blah, 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 as, as like, like big, strong men. Uh, but also there are, tiny weak females all over the world who are eights and mm-hmm. have been eights and mm-hmm. and the 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 strength that we're talking about is not necessarily and often not practically physical strength we're talking about energy leadership mm-hmm. um will is a big part of what we're talking about when we talk about the strength of eights challenging unjust systems yeah and 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 being willing to put themselves in places where someone is vulnerable and needs protection and and that does not necessarily mean physical strength it 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 means just standing up standing in place of someone else who is less strong Mm -hmm. for whatever reason so so lyndon johnson as president is is not offering his physical body in a way that that physically protects other people but he is taking his resources and sacrificing them for the betterment of someone who is quote unquote weaker than him and by that i mean like he's he is ruining his reputation his party his like whatever else to try and elevate the injustice toward an entire race of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, we're definitely not talking specifically about physical strength when we talk about like the power and strength of eights. And all of this is part of why eights are so detached from that heart center is because that heart center is attached to the most vulnerable part of them, mm-hmm. which is 
the the metaphorical thing that they are protecting at all times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so they have sort of like put up this wall around that emotional center to say this needs protection and I'm going to project my strength out into the world mm-hmm. and, and do that by taking care of other people who I see as vulnerable. And, and that means that they like, because they put up that wall, they're detached from that emotional space. Yep. My uh, youngest did a paper for jazz band on Nirvana here mm. this last week. Sure. Uh, which but that made brought you real proud. my my dad heart just soared. <laughs> Can't get my kids into watching football, but <laughs> do love me Writing some Writing a paper music. on Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. Shifted hard in my assessment of Cobain on this front. Mm. There are two songs that he writes, hyper justice focused, very much elevation songs, and it's Polly and Rape Me, mm. which are are very aggressive yeah. treatments of very yeah. dark issues. And... His own identification with the queer community, with elevating those who are sexually abused. He's five foot two. We, you were talking about small people who mm-hmm. can be eights. Yeah. <laughs> who, and what what power does he have? Right. That dude sold 20 million albums, and the first song that he wanted to release popularly on his next album was Rape Me, which, right. which did not get accepted by the fine folks at Walmart, you know, sure. they, yeah. <laughs> they, That's but not surprising. no. Um, and the, the song, by the way, is not advocating for rape. It's very much the opposite. It's mm-hmm. calling out, you know, a toxic culture that right. leads to sexual assault. Right. Anyway, that was the image that came through my mind as you were, as you were discussing the going to those places. Here's the power I have mm-hmm. inserting into those, even at cost of self. And oftentimes feeling the cost to yourself is actually how power is, um, how the eight understands that they are actually doing something in the world. Right. Um, I have physically suffered for you. That, that, that sacrifice means that I've accomplished this. Yeah. Yeah. But notice that it, that's, and that's action and mental processing. Mm-hmm. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're still detached from that emotional center. And, and I even heard, um, I, I love this, this image, uh, heard a, an eight on an interview describe, they feel all emotion as anger. Mm-hmm. So it's like that that idea of the like putting up the wall to protect the most vulnerable part of yourself. The filter that anything that comes out of that that wall is now filtered through anger, mm-hmm. and and it's another way of sort of protecting that emotional space is is only letting out the biggest one, the biggest strongest of of all the emotions. Um, yeah. And, and letting that be the way that, that your heart center interacts with the world is in a way that projects strength. Mm. That's a great way to put that. Yeah. Reason that eights get rid of a car, you said, is it no longer serves the whatever function they think is most important. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. And they're just done with it. It's over. And they're just done with it. Yeah. And that applies to relationships. Right. This relationship is no longer serving the function that's most important. This is where, again, I, I experienced my kid 
turning things off with us when they elevate, especially when they elevate functions, when they, when they think that, for example, certain sorts of immersive gaming is what's most important. Well, clearly I'm not involved in that. Right. You know, and so they shut me off. What's been real interesting recently is uh, my wife has gotten the deep dive into the world of Minecraft recently mm, because sure. she decided this is the only place I can connect with them. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it engaged my eight child's heart because they were like, here's the world I care most about. Yeah, I'm going to be your leader. I'm going to show you how to do all the things. I'm going to make you um, successful in these places and help you to get all the things that are important. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, it's that's the space more than any that I've seen them kind of come alive yeah. recently. It's here's the world that's most important and I have the strength to navigate it. Take my hand. And, and that's how my kids connecting. Right. You know, right. Yep. And then as that, as that space becomes more and more safe, because like, like we said, the, they're protecting the most vulnerable part of them. The betrayal is a, is a, huge problem for eights and and once they let part of themselves out and they they sense any kind of betrayal it's 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 disaster yep um but once that space becomes more and more safe for them like Mm -hmm. like as that relationship based on the action and and like whatever protection and strength that they've been able to bring as that that relationship builds then that becomes more and more safe for them and they're they feel they can hopefully feel more able to open the door to that that most vulnerable place and and then then you start to see some of that like the the real emotions come out Mm -hmm. from that space we haven't mentioned this i really want to do a full podcast on this at some point. But one of the things about affect is when when you get your primary motive through your affect, it, this is the road to security. Mm-hmm. So the the eight who wants to be strong, when they're able to connect with the world in these ways of providing strength and power to others, it moves them into two space. Right. And that's kind of the road. Yeah. You don't want to, none of us, we've talked about this in the past, security isn't necessarily the goal. Being a healthy person is the goal. Right. But if you, if you have the fortunate experiences of getting the things you want, that's often what it looks like. Right. Anyway. Um, yeah, last question on eights then. What do eights need to tell people in their lives that they need? I think it's, the, the, the big ones are, are sort of twofold. It's grace for when they are too strong yeah and when and if that emotion like when and if that vulnerability is ever exposed to not like that is a sacred moment yeah it can't be laughed at it can't be downplayed it can't be abused in any way like that is that is something that is very 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 important Mm. when that emotional center comes out. And also eights, and this this goes for both people in a relationship with eights, but also eights need to know this about themselves and to be able to communicate it, that eights 
need help understanding when they hurt other people. You have to help them mentally process that because they don't understand it. And that is a big part of them getting in touch with their own emotional centers, understanding yeah, the emotional center up, of others. The yeah. shorting up your oppressed center, that's a good way to put that. Yeah, I like all that. The One of our friends uh, says that they need space to shoot blanks. Mm-hmm. And that's that goes alongside that. Um, missteps with energy mm-hmm. and having grace for them in those spaces, yeah. understanding that this is simply how they connect with the world. Right. Bang. Let's talk about the nines. Let's yeah. uh, describe the emotional life of the nine. So nines move us into the center of the body triad. So we, uh, I identify with nines. We take in the world through our, through our bodies, through our gut, through our uh, intuitions and, and the way the energy of the space is. But we don't engage from that place. We actually engage equally with the uh, mind center and the heart center. So mm-hmm. we have... Oftentimes, we have really good emotional radar. We can read and and explain and understand the feelings of the people around us. And, and we can help communicate that to others as well, like that this is part of what makes us good mediators. But because that energy is so directed toward keeping the peace... We sort of we we don't necessarily spend it on ourselves as much. So, uh, in the same way that we take in the world one way and we engage the world another, we are really good at reading other people's emotions, but we're not great at reading our own. So we're oftentimes sort of out of touch a little bit with our own emotional center, but we can understand and communicate about the emotional center really well. Mm. That's a good way to phrase it. Nines are part of the pragmatist triad, so they connect. These are magnets. Uh, threes are going to attach for attention and sixes for security, and nines are going to attach for control. Right. You want to talk about that real quick in terms of it's not wanting to control situations. What is, talk about yeah, attaching for control. And it's it's control and autonomy and um, and power. It's I want relationships in my life that allow me to retain a certain amount of autonomy over how I do things. And mm-hmm. actually, just had this revelation a couple of weeks ago. Part of why I am so in love with my wife is because she helps me take care of my physical body. And by that, I literally mean there's enough food in the fridge (laughs) because that's not stuff that I naturally do myself. Mm -hmm. So I can continue doing all of the things that I'm actually like interested in while not having to worry about this other stuff that I'm, supposed to be thinking about. Ooh. So I attach to relationships that give me the opportunity to have a certain amount of control over my life. Uh-huh. Which means filling in the gaps that I don't want to take care of and also giving me the freedom to do the things that I want to do. 
That's interesting. The thing actually that went through my head as you were saying that, this is obviously can be true of sixes, but I know a ton of nine, two relationships. Mm-hmm. I suppose nine, two and nine, six is probably, and nine, one is probably r- real, real common ro- romantic relationships for nines. Yeah. Yeah. And this for is exactly probably also reason. nines and eights, like all relationships in the Enneagram have much more to do with health than type. There, uh, there is no two types that legitimately won't work together if the people are healthy. But it gets really complicated with eights and nines because eights use conflict to to gauge the status of the relationship and nines avoid conflict. Eights and nines are, are a really hard relationship to maintain. But this is one of the places where it really works. Right. Because eights are going to provide the kind of environment that allows a nine to be their nine self. Yep. And that's what the nine is attaching to in that, in that scenario. Yeah. To advocate for their presence mattering in this, you're going to pay, you're going to pay attention and respect my person. Right. Right. And, and, and for the nine, you're going to do these things that you need to do to stay alive. And even to, to back up, I'm creating the space for you to shoot blanks, as we were saying before. Right, right. And not judge you and create a, a, a space where that's okay. Right. And also, I imagine the eight could very well, because they want to help the the nine that is in their life, they're going to make sure that fridge is stocked. Right. That's exuding right. their power. Mm-hmm. Boom. Nines are going to get rid of a car, you said, when it's no longer comfortable. Yeah. And that's probably like physically comfortable. Well, right. The I I love the scene in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles after after the fire, mm-hmm. and they're driving down the highway, and like this this is not a functional vehicle. <laughs> but if I'm not physically uncomfortable, I'd probably still drive it. I get that. The speedometer doesn't work. Speedometer's melted. There's, there's no <laughs> mirrors. The like, like everything about that car is undrivable. But if I'm not physically uncomfortable, I'll probably still drive it. <laughs> Didn't realize how the David Spade Chris Farley relationship one seven is mm-hmm. identical to the Steve Martin oh, yeah. John Candy yeah. one seven in it's, that movie. It's the same thing just it's for like, a new generation. I didn't, yeah. didn't just put that together. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hear more on that, uh, go to our uh, AFAC group uh, podcast from two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, also true of relationships, though. When the yeah. relationship is no longer physically comfortable. And, and when, you have, when you have pushed me beyond where I want to be pushed. Yeah. Or required of me a level of caring, action, attention that I'm uninterested in providing. Yeah. Or, or, or worse, too lazy to provide. Then... Yeah, I'll just let the relationship fall away. Mm. I had an epiphany on this with a, a friend of ours who's a very successful doctor, who's a nine, and never really expresses any uh, negativity towards his job until recently. Sure. And his superiors are judging him in his job performance in terms of what he's not doing. Not, and it's mostly you're not being aggressive enough with your staff to, mm. to get us more money Sure. In in terms of their financial engine. 
they read that as sloth. Yep. But what's actually happening is he's saying, I'm really good at my job, mm-hmm. and these are my skill sets, yeah. and I've intentionally got this job because of my skill sets, yeah. and I want to exude those into the world because this is what I do best, yeah. and I'm really not interested in your financial engine. Right. But he's feeling uncomfortable in that he's being forced to change his systems, his way, his way of doing things with mm-hmm. his staff that just aren't aren't him. They read to it fulfill as someone else's agenda. Yes. Yeah. And and that's the autonomy that he's yeah. being stripped of. Yep. Yep. And that's what's disintegrating that relationship. Yeah. Interestingly enough, is uh, uh, I said how things are going. How are things going? And he's like, you know what? In 20 years, I couldn't tell you how many bosses I've had. So I'll just wait these people out. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed I'm, like a great nine yeah. answer. This, this is the real thing with getting rid of the car is, is that really it's, it's not going to happen until we're literally forced to get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, what does investment then look like into the life of nines? So nines need to, their biggest thing is that they need to get in touch with their own emotional space. Mm -hmm. Nines are very good at helping others get in touch with their emotional space. Nines Mm -hmm. need to get in touch with their own emotional space. And, And to recognize that not only are they important enough, but their emotions are important enough to need action. From others or from themselves? From themselves. Yeah. They, their emotional life is important enough that they need to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And like that's the place where we struggle most is, is, is in the doing. And, and we need to get in touch with our own emotional space, and then we need to act out of that space. Mine feels more blindingly obvious. It's the nines in my life earmarking the spaces that matter most to them and simply giving them permission to have control over those spaces is is, is actually a really heavy investment in mm-hmm. in their lives. Yeah. What spaces are yours that you really want control over, especially to retreat, to find some space for rest and dwelling? Yeah. It, and honoring those spaces. Right. And and I think it's also really good for people, for, for those people who are in the life of nines, to positively encourage them that they are important enough to fight for, that they themselves are important enough for them to fight for, and that, that you are also willing to fight for that, th- those spaces to be important, to fight alongside them. What's, a, what's an example of that? Well, be, because we let our, because we don't want to cause conflict, we, we merge with the agendas of others. We let other people's emotional happenings, uh, relationships and agendas become more important than ours. And we let our stuff get sidelined. This is, this is where not being in touch with our own emotional center this is where it gets its its life essentially is is because we give that over to other people in order to not cause conflict and when the people in our lives encourage and and sort of force us to get in touch with our own space and and to 
to work to act on that. We also need to know that those people will fight alongside us because of how important that is. Mm. The things that we care about are important and we need to, to work toward those things. And we need the people who are, because the people in our lives, if they switch agendas, then we're just going to go along with that as well. Right. I suppose that's it. Then on that last question, what do nines need to tell people in their lives? It's going to be, here's what's important to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's pushing against their slothful side. Yeah. Pushing them into action as well. Right. To care about the things that are important and to do something about caring about the things that are important. I imagine we consistently come back to this in the podcast, but I feel like I'm a broken record when I say it, but it just routinely is the thing that, hits me most is you need to communicate to people who you love what you want. Yeah. And if you're unable to do that, you're really going to have a hard time in those relationships. Right. They and for a lot of these types, it means you need to figure out what you want. Yeah. And there, and that's the extra step. And that's right. unfortunate that most of us don't actually, we haven't done the work. It actually takes a long time to figure out what you want sometimes. Right. Right. Except for, for the eights and they know it immediately. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, we're going to break this discussion in half. Um, I love this material. I'm going to spend some time thinking about our second half. So with that in mind, it would mean the world to us. Dear listener, if you pause, take two seconds, write us a brief review, and give us some stars on your podcasting platform of choice. You can find all the links to all of our stuff at aroundthecircle.org. Shoutouts on the Twitter and Instagram are always appreciated, but the best thing you can do for our hearts, for our emotional life, dear friend who loves us, is you can share this with somebody you care about who might be a five, six, seven, eight, etc. And uh, would love to get into their emotional life. And that's what I got. You got anything else? I got nothing. He's TJ Wilson. He's officially a father and slightly exhausted. <laughs> And I'm Jeff Cook, and who you are and isn't interesting. <laughs> Be who you are. And, and you need to sleep more. We both know this. You need to sleep more. Mate, that's something for sure. you to do this week. Everyone needs to sleep. Everybody just needs to sleep more. Come burning.